heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, be present among us now and open our eyes that we may see you for who you are and have the courage to follow you in all we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Have you ever had that experience where you were uh, in a group or you had something that was going on and you knew that something had to be said, but you weren't quite sure what to say? <laughs> so, you, so you opened your mouth and words came out, and then you're like, what did I just say? You have that, I, I, you're like, yeah, you do that every Sunday, right? Um, <laughs> but, no, hopefully I've thought about this a little bit ahead of time. But uh, it happens, right? We speak before we think. We speak before we know what we're saying. We speak, and the words come out, and then uh, we're like, what? Where did that come from? Uh, in my household, I speak often, and there's some, sometimes those things are not well thought out. Um, we have a story that they remind me of. I'm going to let you in on it. Um, from my high school time, when, I, when this really happened to me uh, in a clear way. I remember in high school, I was, there was uh, a... A, uh, another girl, Dana and I didn't know each other until seminary, and uh, um, there was a girl who I thought, much like Jesus, was kind of glowy, right? So uh, when you're in that place, you're always trying to figure out, well, how do you break the ice so that glowy person might think that it's worth talking with me, right? That we can start talking. So I, can't, I, I, didn't, I wasn't very good then, and I'm still not very good now, but uh, um, at that time, I came out of the lunch line, and I had my tray in hand, and, and I saw uh, she was at the water fountain, um, which was right in front of me, and so I thought, here's my chance. See, he's laughing already, because <laughs> he's heard this story before. So I thought, here's my chance. I have to say something because she was just by herself. So I was like, this is perfect. I can say something. And I had no idea what to say. So I walked up and I, and I said, hey, what you doing? Getting some water? <laughs> Smooth. That's exactly the reaction from the 830 service. I was like, oh, man. Sometimes you just say things. They just come out. She just looked at me and was like, yeah. And? But I bring that up not to, not, not because uh, of any great wisdom on my part, but because a similar thing happens in the gospel today. You might not have noticed. But Peter is up on the mountain with James and John, and they see Jesus glowing in the presence of Moses and Elijah. And Moses and Elijah are starting to, to uh, 
go back to wherever they've come from, right? They're leaving, and, some, and nobody has said anything, right? So Peter says, we can't let this moment pass. This is what I hear Peter thinking in, his, in, in between the lines of Luke's writing. Uh, so Peter says, we can't let this moment pass. I have to say something. I have to do something. Peter, being Peter, stands up uh, from his sleepy position where he has clearly seen this and says, Jesus, it's good that we are here. Let's build three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Where does this come from? The Gospel writers, both, all three, not both, all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all have the same line that comes next. Did you catch it? Not knowing what he said. That's the, that's the line that comes next. There's no hyphens in Greek, but there is a hyphen in your English, so that we know that when he says this, uh, uh, he didn't know what he was doing. Not knowing what he said. He just blurts it out. But not only does he blurt it out, and the gospel writers tell us there's something off about this. This is, this is kind of a dumb thing to say, but he said it. Not only was it not the right thing to say, and so the gospel writers say not knowing what he said, but what comes next is that they know it was the wrong thing to say because as he was saying this, Right? Implication is what? He's interrupted. By whom? Interrupted by God as he is blurting this out. Dear friends, if at any time in your life you speak without thinking and are interrupted by God... Pay attention to what comes next. (laughs) Right? That's the way this gospel is written. Crazy, uh, unbelievable, dazzling things are going on. I started our story life uh, groups this week by asking our people, who would you, what three people would you like to have around the table uh, for a conversation? I started it that way because these three are pretty high on the list for a first century Jewish disciple. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. All of the scriptures, the law and the prophets, together with Jesus, the one that they are following, who they have just proclaimed as Messiah. They're all together. And Peter blurts out this statement. Let's make three tents. One for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you. Everybody gets a tent. (laughs) Right? Right? You get a tent. You get a tent. We all get a tent. This is good. But, but Peter didn't know what he was saying, and he didn't know what he was saying so much that God interrupted him to correct the situation. Did you catch how he corrected it? Cloud comes down. They're like, oh boy, what did we do now? And God says... This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Cloud goes away. 
Who is there? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. What Luke wants us to know, followers of Jesus, is that if you want to know where life is found, if you want to know who to listen to, who to pay attention to, if you want to know how to organize your life, what, what path you are to follow, there's a lot of places to look. Even within the Scriptures, right? Moses, the Law, Elijah, the Prophets, Jesus, the Son of God. Lest we think like Peter, that we give each of them an equal tent. God interrupts us to say, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. So what's the problem with that for us? There's a few. The biggest one happens immediately in the words that follow this passage, which they start to go down the mountain and, uh, and, they, and into the village, and it's a long time before Jesus speaks. <laughs> so if we're listening to him and he's not speaking, what do we do? Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, we can pick up at any time. And Peter, James, and John knew that very well. They could go to the synagogue and hear the word, and, and it would tell them exactly what to do. This is the path. Jesus' words are difficult. They don't tell us to ignore the law and the prophets. They tell us that to not be bound by the law and the prophets. What are we bound to? We're bound to Jesus, who gives us but one thing to do. Love one another as I have loved you. Well, how, Jesus? <laughs> For that we might take some direction from the Law and the Prophets, but only insofar as it agrees with what Jesus does. For that we might take some direction from the church, and from those who have gone before us, but only in so far as it is in line with who Jesus is. Because otherwise, our best hope is that God will interrupt us to say, this is my son, listen to him. And the good news for us is this, 
When Jesus speaks, it's not conditional. He doesn't tell us, if you do, then I will. Instead, he says, I have done, now you may. We are invited in to a life that is shaped by Jesus, by his word, by his life, by his love. And it's not easy for us to figure out how to do it right. But we don't have to. We just have to figure out that we can. And that and to trust the word of Jesus that we belong. To know that it isn't about three tens, but one. One cross. One tomb. One baptism. One table. One community. One world. One Savior. One call. Love one another as I have loved you. You can because he does.